Good evening. Hope everybody's doing well today on this wonderful and beautiful Wednesday day. I trust everybody's had a good day and uh, everything just went peachy for you and all of your hopes and dreams. So, but uh, I do hope that, uh-oh, what I do here? Uh-oh, I've done something. Hold on. I'm sorry, guys. I've done something. I've hit something on the website here and don't know what I've done. Hold on. There we go. All right. Don't know what I hit or what I did. I went to move my mouse and went crazy. So um, nothing worse than when you hit your mouse and it goes crazy. So anyway, hopefully that's didn't miss. There it goes again. Why is it doing that? Hold on here. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah. Let me just get this over here all together and see if. There we go. Okay. See if maybe that'll do it there. Oh no, it's weird. Never had to do that before. All right. But anyway, apologize for that technical interruption, <laughs> but uh, I do hope everybody did have a good day today, and, um, and uh, you were blessed, and uh, you know, that's one thing I, my encouragement is for each morning uh, when I do my morning devotions, that uh, I just want everybody to have a good day, and uh, to encourage you, uh, you know, that is, uh, you know, it's so easy to wake up in a bad mood, dread the day, and uh, you're just grouchy, and everything and everybody just upsets you, and makes you mad, and upsets you, and uh, you know, it is, uh, and that's one thing I'm hoping that my devotions do is encourage you to uh, have a more positive outlook uh, on the day and uh, that you will use it to serve the Lord. And that's what's important. So, uh, good morning, uh, Mr. Trailer, Miss, my mother-in-law, Sharon Boyd, and friend Pear. So, good to uh, uh, see you guys. Well, actually, I can't see you. Uh, again, that would be a little odd if I could. So, anyway. <laughs> Let us uh, look at our opening scripture uh, this evening. Uh, we're going to look at Proverbs chapter 3, verses 11 and 12. So if you have your Bibles handy, great. If you do not, then we will bring this up. Uh, we, uh, meaning me, <laughs> bring this up so that you can read along. My son, despise not the chastening of the Lord, neither be weary of his correction. For whom the Lord loveth, he correcteth even as a father, the son, in whom he delighteth. And as me, Pappy always says, bless this reading and the hearing of it to our hearts. All righty, prayer requests, my friends. And we have a few this evening. Uh, Mrs. Sharon Boyce, and pray for Hoppy's mom and Mitchell's mom. All right, we'll definitely be doing that. I know Brandy went to see her grandmother uh, this evening, and uh, so we'll definitely be praying for her. Uh, for Hoppy's mom. Uh, let's see, Fran Paris said prayers for safe travels for Eddie and Bonnie return tomorrow. Yes, ma'am. And I know we need to be praying for Fran. I know she's not been doing, feeling well. Um, as of Sunday, there's some of the prayer requests we had of Sunday. Uh, Kim Penix, Jane Kitchings, Ron and Thelma, Joe Franklin, Murph, uh, Johnny and Nora, Morris and Carolyn, Glenn Johnson, Larky and Nancy, Troy and Ginger, Chuck and PK, Phil Goins, Becky Hooks, Terry Laws, uh, Devon, that's uh, Marlene's uh, grandson, uh, Wendy Lee, Vicki Kaufman, and Jamie Oliver. So that just just to, that's just some of the ones we had uh, for this past Sunday and uh, to, to lift up. And I know Dad has been feeling real well. He's, I, don't know, I think it's his medication that's making him 
feel uh, kind of sick to his stomach, so definitely be uh, keep him in your prayers. I worry about him, so uh, I definitely be praying for him. And uh, I think we need to be praying for this presidential election, and I think we need to be praying for our country as a whole right now, and uh, a lot of a lot of turmoil that we are in. So let us pray. Therefore, Lord, we thank you, love you, and praise you. Uh, Lord, thank you so much for this wonderful day. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for your blessings, your grace, your mercy. And Lord, I just want to lift up each and every one of these prayer requests and concerns. And Lord, I just want to lift up uh, Hoppy's mom, Miss Mamie Boyd. And Lord, I pray that you will be with her and that you will uh, guide her and strengthen her and encourage her, Lord Jesus. Uh, Lord, I pray that you'll be with Mitchell's mom and I pray that you'll be with Bonnie and Eddie as they're uh, returning home. And I pray that you'll be with Mrs. Fran Pear that you will uh, bring healing and strength with her. Uh, Lord, I do pray that you with Kim Penix and Wendy Lee and Ginger and Troy and Roger Winters and uh, Mr. Murph himself. Uh, Lord, we'll lift up my father to you. That you bring healing upon him. Lord, I pray that you be with Phil Goins and that you will uh, uh, you will intervene in a mighty way and bring him to full and complete health. I pray that you be with Jane Kitchings. And Lord, I pray that you bring healing upon her. And uh, I pray that you be with Terry Laws and be with Devon, Lord. I know that... Uh, uh, he's uh, broke his leg and sometimes um, uh, there will be more uh, going on than just physical uh, and uh, Lord I'm not sure emotionally spiritually he's down right now and I pray healing upon his leg and I pray that you'll help him uh, in his spiritual and uh, mental and emotional well-being as well and uh, Lord I just pray that um, uh, you'll be with all the prayer requests concerns the unspoken request and, Lord, that you will be done in each and every situation, Lord. We thank you. We love you and praise you. And, Lord, I'll also be with Ron and Thelma Thompson, Lord. Lift a special prayer for them and uh, along uh, uh, with all so many others, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Well, I appreciate, uh, yes, and Sharon said Mousy's mom. I forgot. Uh, I should have uh, talked to her yesterday and had prayer with Miss Mousy. And uh, her mom has been diagnosed with COVID, and I know she's really concerned and upset and uh, maybe if I remember at the end of our teaching uh, I will uh, lift her up in prayer uh, there so um, announcement wise trying to thank uh, of course um, nor I do my live devotions each morning here on social media which those on Facebook you pretty well know that but I'm really saying that mainly for those on the website uh, for their sake uh, that you can watch live on the website uh, 6 6 15 each morning uh, you watch a lot of devotions if you so desire and join in with us on that on those teachings each morning. Usually last around 20 minutes or so uh, each morning. It just depends on how long-winded I get. And then, um, of course, now Sunday morning, uh, we'll have our regular Sunday morning service from 11 a.m. to 12 p.m. But this Sunday, we will not have any evening service because it's Labor Day weekend. So I know a lot of people are trying to get in last-minute vacations. I know county schools are getting ready to uh, to start. Uh, in fact, they they called me this morning and said, would you be willing to sub? And I said, hey, no way. I said, I have no immune system. And I said, I appreciate the call, but I said, there is no way in the world I could get around them little snot-nosed brats and uh, take a chance of getting sick. And Because if the virus didn't kill me, my dad would. So um, either way, I would be a dead man. So so ain't no way of taking that chance. So apparently the uh, county schools are getting ready to open back up. So uh, be in prayer for that as well. But uh, so uh, uh, so I know a lot of people are doing family things. So that's why we're not going to have Sunday evening uh, uh, service. 
and uh, of course uh, um, I try to think um, I guess that's really about it all I can think of right now at the present moment that I can say online that uh, I mean not that there's something bad going on I can't say online but <laughs> you know what I mean uh, but anyway I think that's it uh, all that I can think of at this present moment in time if you uh, think of anything else that needs to be addressed as I'm speaking uh, let me know and uh, we will uh, get to that uh, maybe at the end of our lesson here. So, uh, if you have your Bibles handy, which I hope you do, uh, look at Hebrews chapter 12, verses 3 and 4. And of course, for the sake of our study, I use the English Standard Version. But again, this is Hebrews chapter 12, verses 3 and through 4. Now, the hope is to get through verses 3 to 11. But uh, for, the, for our opening, we're going to focus right now on verses 3 and 4. So let me uh, get this up for those on the website so that they can read along and for you on social media. All right, Hebrews 12, 3 through 4. Consider him who endured from sinners such hostility against himself, so that you may not grow weary or faint-hearted in your struggle against sin. You have not yet resisted the point of shedding your blood. All righty. Praise God for his wonderful word and that we are able to come together and study uh, this evening. Uh, let's go ahead and have one more word of prayer, if we may. Uh, if our Lord, again, we just come before you and praise your holy name. Uh, Lord, again, thank you for your good word and verses uh, this evening. Uh, Lord, uh, I, I failed to mention uh, in our opening prayer, uh, a special prayer for Mousy's mom, and I pray that you will uh, bring healing uh, to her and uh, strength for Miss Mousy. And Lord, um, I just pray that you'll be with us in our study this evening, uh, that your spirit will fill each and every home uh, that is watching and listening, that you'll fill this uh, office uh, with your spirit. And Lord, it's God, uh, Lord, let us glean uh, from your word. Uh, let it be used for spiritual growth and nourishment. Help us, Lord Jesus, to strive to have that mind of Christ, to help us to always be in a continual state of growth and learning. Uh, Lord, uh, let us always have our eyes focused on you. Lord, we thank you, we love you, and we praise you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. All right, so uh, we're looking at this verses here this this evening uh, in uh, Hebrews chapter 12. And maybe for those, there might be a few people just now tuning in. But we're looking, our focus of study this evening is Hebrews 12, verses 3 through 11. Right now we're looking at verses 3 and 4. And so first we say consider. All right, so uh, consider. You know, when you look at um, the human mind, you know, we're able to, uh, uh, to, how's the way to put it, um, to rationalize, uh, to use logic, uh, you know, whereas a, an animal just uses um, instinct, you know, they're just, uh, they're, they're, they don't have the ability to sort through and uh, make decisions and uh, uh, as far as uh, life-changing decisions. And um, of course, you know, it's sad that there are some people out there who elevate animals above uh, human beings, uh, uh, but uh, uh, but animals, you know, man is above animals. You know, we live in a society where they want to put animals and man on the same level, which is wrong and unbiblical because man is to be above the animal. But anyway, the point is, uh, we have the ability to rationalize and think and sort through things unlike an animal. If you look at Romans uh, chapter 8, verses 5 and 6, and I meant to uh, have this 
put a bookmark over here and forgot, but nonetheless, we'll still look at it anyway. Romans 8, uh, let's see here, 5 and 6. It says, For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. For those who live according to the Spirit set their minds on the things of the Spirit. So first we, we need to consider, we need to be setting our minds on the things of God, well, on the things of Christ. We need to be setting our minds uh, and consider uh, what Jesus Christ has done for us. But, you know, when we when we were making that move, that, um, uh, that, um, I'm sorry, I got sidetracked here for a second. Um, what it is, my my, my watch buzzed and uh, Brandy just got home, so it's, it's distracting me, sorry. But uh, anyway, we're to consider those things. Him who endured from sinners such hostility against himself, so that you may not grow weary or faint-hearted. Now, when we look at, you may not grow weary or faint-hearted, uh, to pull this into context, uh, what we're reading here this evening you know, we were talking about, uh, if you were watching or listening on Sunday evening, uh, and how uh, these the, the first two verses of Hebrews are two verses that are, uh, that for me, as a former runner, uh, it, they mean a lot to me, and I can really relate to the, these passages, these verses. And when we look at this, this, this latter part here of verse uh, 3, uh, when we see here not to be faint-hearted, you know, uh, well, specifically, it says, um, uh, to grow, not to grow weary or faint-hearted. But when I was running races, you would have these guys, like I told you before, they look like shaved squirrels. They had the, the shortest of the shorts on that they could wear. And, of course, they would, sometimes wouldn't even wear a shirt. Uh, apparently, they were so fast, clothing would barely cling to them. <laughs> so, but anyway, I would see these guys run. And, um, uh, and when they crossed the finish line, the day pushed so hard uh, and, and, and uh, to the point that when they crossed the finish line, they would literally, I, I literally watched them collapse into the grass. Now, you know, obviously, uh, now I've seen, seen some even on the pavement, you know, uh, but uh, they would literally collapse. Uh, they grow faint-hearted. And one thing that the writer here in Hebrews is, is trying to explain uh, to the listeners, because remember, they're, they're enduring persecution. They're going through some things here, um, is to not grow weary to the point of exhaustion and fainting. You know, don't, um, you know, in other words, he's trying to encourage them to keep up the pace, to keep pushing forward. Don't, uh, don't give up. You know, it's so easy to do in the Christian walk, and, and particularly when we're running into hardships and we're having, we're facing problems. Uh, you know, and remember, I related that to uh, running up a very steep hill. You know, just right down the road from me here on, you know, on Hell's Chapel Road, uh, on uh, uh, one side of that road, there is a hill that is super steep. I mean, it is just about you could almost touch when you're standing there. You almost touch the road. It's that steep. I love that hill. I know it sounds insane, but I like that hill. It's just the challenge of it and the pure exhaustion trying to get up that hill. And as you get up almost uh, to a midway point, it almost kind of curves just a little bit. So we kind of almost catch your breath just to a, just a hair. And then, then all of a sudden it just, it just keeps on climbing up again. 
And, uh, you know, there's times when you run up that hill, you're thinking, man, I'm telling you what, you know, you just feel like you're going to die. You know, you just, your muscles are just burning. You're breathing hard. Your heart is pounding. You get to that little, little bitty plateau and you're like, <gasps> you know, you're trying to get a little bit of air and then it just keeps on climbing again. You're thinking, man, by the time you get to the top of the crest of that hill, it's slow. There's a slow grade. It's almost like coasting going back down. Well, sometimes in our Christian walk, we have to face those huge, steep hills. We don't feel like we can get up. We feel like there's just no way we're going to get make it up this hill. But that's why we rely on a strength that is not our own. And we overcome those problems and those obstacles in our life. And we make it to the through the crest of that hill. You know, there may be momentary lapses of, of, of leveling, just like this hill, where you can... Get a little extra air in your lungs, and then when you get to the top of that hill, you can coast a little bit. It's not always like that, you know, in the Christian walk. Sometimes it's just a continual fight and climb. But that's just it. We have to continually fight and climb. You know, uh, one thing in our, if you, for those who've been watching our uh, morning devotions, uh, one of the lessons that we dealt with is uh, de dealing with mediocrity. And when you look at uh, mediocre, the word itself in the Latin is talking about uh, the halfway, po halfway point between on a mountain before you get to the top. And uh, there's a lot of Christians that, uh, that become mediocre. They're excited initially uh, in their climb and their excitement and zeal to uh, accept Jesus Christ our personal Lord and Savior. And they're, they're anxious to, to, to begin their ascent. But then all of a sudden something happens and they get to the halfway point and they no longer wish to climb. And not only do they no longer climb, but they even lose some footing. And that's one thing we have to be careful of is not is to understand this encouragement that we're seeing here in this verse, in this passage, is to be encouraged, to not faint, to not give up, to keep pushing forward. We have a finish line that we will one day cross over. And, and we will not do it in a, in a faint way, just like these guys in this road race that I, the, the many road races I've been in, involved in. I've literally watched them run across the line and just fall over. Sometimes I think some do it for attention, but I think some of them have really pushed ourselves that hard. When we cross that finish line, we'll be restored and strengthened like nothing we've ever faced in our lifetime. And so that's one thing that we have here in this passage is, is to not grow weary or faint-hearted. And my friends, you know, just like in the, um, uh, in the, the lesson I was teaching, um, might have been Monday, I can't remember, might have been last week, because sometimes the days run together, and the, and the talk about being mediocre. You know, that's one thing that we're seeing here in this passage, is that um, we need to continually be growing. And, uh, you know, there's so many people as Christians, they, they are not growing, they're not trying, they're not trying to climb, they're not trying to learn, they're not trying to understand, that is not a good thing. Because we see here, consider him who endured from sinners such hostility against himself so that you may not grow weary or faint-hearted. Here Jesus Christ endured more hostility, endured more than any other man or woman in this earth could ever imagine. And so, you know, we're going to face hostility. You know, in fact, I was watching, and I'll be honest with you guys, I, I've really got to uh, uh, pray uh, for my anger and my temper. And, I, and, and I'll tell you why. Uh, I've had, like most people, have had a real belly full of these, uh, the, the, the uh, domestic terrorist group, Black Lives Matters, and, and uh, their fascist ways. And uh, I was watching a video today. 
and uh, showed an older gentleman. He was just the man was just trying to get gas. That's all he was doing. And these uh, individuals decided they wanted to line up and and block him from trying to get in and get his fuel. And uh, he just slowly kept pushing them, you know, with his truck. And he finally got through to them. Of course, they start. It's amazing. Here they want to stand in front of a vehicle, and when he starts to go through them, they start screaming, "We're just children." <laughs> Well, guess what, children? Some lessons can be more painful than others. And so uh, as soon as he gets through them, uh, he uh, he gets out to get his gas. They're screaming racist and screaming all these things at him. And I'll be honest with you, I had to just cut it off because I was getting so angry. Uh, I thought to myself, uh, there was an episode of, of, uh, of uh, Highway to Heaven where Michael Landon, who played an angel, uh, was in an alley, and these guys were being jerks to him. And uh, they punched him in the face. He didn't do anything. They pushed him again. He said, I turned the other cheek. Now it's my turn. And he threw them all over that place. Well, my friends, I would sadly say that um, I would have not turned the other cheek <laughs> to, to begin with because I tell you what, I've, just, I've had it. I, I know a lot of you all have had it too. Uh, but the hostility we're seeing is only increasing, particularly against those who are saved. I mean, you know, you look at uh, MacArthur's church, how they, here he has for 45 years, uh, used this parking area, and, and thanks for this church, they're no longer allowing him to lease that and taking that away. I was reading another article today where uh, they're using COVID as an excuse to shut churches down. It's amazing how COVID is, is, you know, it doesn't seem to affect those at Walmart, Lowe's, riding, protesting. Nothing seems to be a problem there. But for whatever reason, church seems to be a, a catalyst. And, and uh, you know, so we're only going to see more of a Marxist attack on our Christian values and convictions. It's, 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 uh, uh, it's, it's, in, it's evident. In fact, I wish I could share uh, a video. A friend of mine I did my doctoral studies with, uh, Mark Anderson, uh, he lives up in Chicago. Good man, thank the world of him. And uh, sent me a video describing how uh, we're going to see more and more vicious attacks uh, against those uh, who are saved and the difference between uh, those who are for social justice warriors and those who are biblical advocates and, and doing those things that are, are biblical in God's eyes and the distinction between the two. But you know, we're going to see that hostility. And, uh, you know, we're going to have to really pray about how we react to that hostility. And we don't need to um, waver on our convictions over the threat of physical harm. There's a good chance that may happen. And uh, I can't say beyond a shadow of a doubt that I will act in a very Christian way if that was to happen. I'm sad to say. I mean, I, I will do my best to act as Christian as I can. And, um, uh, you know, I just like it, that uh, little meme that went out said, uh, uh, said uh, I thought you were a Christian because they was doing something very redneck. He said, I thought you was a Christian. He said, well, I'm from the south side of the kingdom. So, you know, so uh, I'm from the south side of the kingdom. And so I may uh, uh, may, may react in a very uh, uh, redneck way. So <laughs> as a lot of you who are watching online this evening, so I uh, realize that, uh, that, that, that Jesus Christ endured more hostility than we could ever imagine and may ever see. But in verse 4, in your struggle against sin, you have not yet resisted to the point of shedding your blood. Now, 
when we read that, uh, we have not yet resisted to the point of shedding your blood, that he is actually shaming them. All right, he's shaming those who are listening uh, at this particular point in, in time and place in history. Because what he's referring to is, you know, they may be complaining about uh, events and circumstances that are going on. Uh, and uh, he's talking about those uh, heroes who have went on uh, before them. Again, you know, how we, we talked about uh, those who have been martyred in the name of, of Christ or in the name of God. And uh, and they uh, and so he's trying to explain to them that uh, the uh, the extent uh, of those who have went on before them uh, what they have endured and so therefore there, we should be able to endure uh, as much as they have and so that's one thing and even at the high cost of what Jesus Christ has done the shedding of his blood and how he endured more at the cross the whipping, the scourging, the nailing to the cross, how he endured more than uh, is beyond fathomable, beyond anything that we could possibly ever imagine. And so Jesus Christ gives us that encouragement, gives us that inspiration to continue the fight, to continue to push forward. My friends, you know, uh, the problem is of, of our laziness uh, as Christians uh, the zeal that has been lost as Christians. You know, I've talked to people that, well, I don't longer feel that excitement. I don't longer feel that zeal. And, uh, you know, remember, our relationship with Jesus Christ is just that a relationship. It's beyond how you feel. You know, I love my wife dearly, but she may not always feel butterflies and tingly every time she sees me. I can't understand why not. I mean, you know, I feel that way every time I look in the mirror. But... <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking. But anyway, uh, you know, she may not always feel that way. But it's beyond a feeling. But I think Christians have lost the understanding of the fact that we have a mission. We are here on this earth not to be self-serving, but to be uh, Christ-serving. All right? Uh, we need to be out there serving. We need to be out there witnessing. We need to be out there ministering. And I think that a lot of people have this uh, this idea that, uh, well, I'm not a pastor, so that's not my job. Well, no, you, you misunderstand that. Pastors have an obligation, a job, because we have been, uh, uh, been called uh, to that high calling. But you have a, a mission as Christians to get out there and we need to make a voice. If Christians would stand up and, uh, and, and, uh, uh, and make a loud voice in against these things that are going on out there. I mean, look at California right now. Of course, California, the land of fruits and nuts, they are absolutely insane right now anyway. Uh, uh, but the fact that they're no longer going to make sexual predators a felony so, in other words, they could, uh, a pedophile could molest a child, and they're not going to, to, to more or less give them a slap on the hand. I mean, I just saw the article. So, I mean, I know what I read and what I saw. Uh, you know, that shows how immorality is, 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 is increasing exponentially in our country. And I blame a lot of Christians for that. Why? Because all they want to do is love, love, love. We must be tolerant in love. Because why? Because all those Christians, they want that affirmation. They want everybody to like them. They, they just want to think everybody's just in love. You know? But God is beyond 
just that. I mean, God is love, but God doesn't condone sin. And that's what the heart of what we're getting at here this evening uh, will be God's discipline because God hates sin. He abhors sin. You know, and I get so tired of that. Don't judge, let's see be judged. You know, and you know, this, I get, you know, people come on. We, everybody makes a judgment, all right, between right and wrong. There has to be judgment or all the prisons would be empty. We, everybody makes a judgment call each and every day. We have to judge between right and we have to judge between what is wrong. We have to use God's word as a litmus test against all things that are going on in this world and society. And you cannot compromise on God's word just so that you can appease your buddies and your friends that are out there around you. And I've heard time and again, well, I know a lot of homosexuals and they're good people. Well, they may be the nicest people in the world. Nobody says that they wasn't. You may have a son or a daughter who's battling that. Doesn't mean you're supposed to quit loving them. But you don't compromise on God's word. And if you have a son or a daughter who's battling that, pray over them. Try to give them the proper help that they need. If you've got a buddy that's just as nice and sweet as they can be, but you kind of make a stand and say, "Listen, uh, you're you're a nice person, but uh, you know I you know I cannot condone uh, what you're doing because that is wrong in God's eyes." And uh, you know it is uh, you know people try to say that uh, uh, who make allowances for this uh, for homosexuality. I, I've, I've said for a long time, "What are you going to do about pedophilia?" Oh, that's wrong. That's disgusting. Well, no, wait a minute. If they claim they're born that way, guess what? That's exactly what they're throwing out there right now. And um, so, you know, that's why we have to make a hard stand against sin. I'm not saying being rude to people. I'm not saying being nasty to other people. I'm not saying throw the family Bible out. I'm not saying that. We can speak the truth in love. We can be kind-hearted to other people. We don't have to condone what they are doing. And that's the problem with too many Christians today. They have played footsies with the world. They have compromised with, with the world. They justify their sin. Too many pastors make it too easy to justify sin because all they want to do is good heartfelt messages, make everybody feel good, and your sin's not that big a deal, and uh, we're all just here to uh, drink uh, coffee and wear tight jeans and sing some Hillsong songs. You know, Hillsong songs. <laughs> See that five times five. Hill song songs, okay. I don't like Hill Song, just just throwing that out there. But anyway, but uh uh you get what I'm saying. You know, everybody uh, they they've 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 uh it's it's all about appearances and uh and, and, and trying to be something they're not. There may be you know, I'm not saying they're all like it. There's some good, sincere, wonderful, godly, Bible believing churches out there. I'm not saying that. That I'm just saying there's a lot of them out there who, because they refuse to take a hard stand on God's word, that, uh, that we have biblically ignorant Christians out there. And my friends, we have got to uh, snap out of it. You know, I don't know why. Every time I think about uh, the how Christians um, uh, are being right now, I just, I just think constantly, uh, of course, I always like Lord of the Rings. And, and I did read the books as a kid, and, uh, and I love the movies. Uh, but um, I can't remember, I hate to say, but I can't remember which movie it was, but it showed that king, and um, he looked aged, and uh, he was almost immobile, and almost frozen-like, and almost like dust was on him, and you had this little scrawny, nasty guy that was just kind of like walking around him, almost demonic-like, uh, speaking for him, and when Gandalf was able, actually able to get through to him, all of a sudden, it's just like he was able to stand up, and uh, uh, he had—it's almost like time had reversed. He became his youthful, 
somewhat youthful self. Uh, he's probably middle aged or whatever, but um, uh, and and uh, was able to shake that off, uh, that spell, if you will, that he was under. And and I think that's the problem we see here today is that we've got too many. Uh, Christians that the God of this world um, has almost, they've allowed to whisper into their ears. That's made them immobile and no longer uh, fruitful, no longer uh, strengthened and emboldened by God to get out there and get into the fight and to press forward. And man, that's what we're, we're seeing here today is this encouragement to not faint, to endure, to persevere, to not be shamed as he is doing here, this writer is doing here in this passage. We should not be shamed. A lot of you should be shamed. I should be shamed for not being more proactive uh, in my Christian walk. Or even as a pastor, uh, I want to uh, uh, to be an encourager. I want to get out there into the battle. I want to uh, make a difference um, in this world. Why? Not for my vainglory or selfish ambition, but out to uh, to fight for God Almighty. That's why we're here, to serve the Lord God with all of our heart, with all of our soul, with all of our mind, with all of our strength and to love our neighbors ourselves that is what we need to be doing each and every day are you doing that or is every day running into the next is it just every day i get up here's my routine i look at facebook i drink some coffee go to walmart go to work come home or look at facebook watch a little tv look at facebook go to bed get up do it again you know, or are you spending some quality time in the Word? Are you spending quality time in prayer? Are you trying to make a difference? Are you trying to talk to others about Jesus Christ? Is that at the forefront of your mind? See, a lot of people, it's not on the forefront of their mind. See, the, what's on the forefront of their mind is everything and anything else but the things of God. My friends, that is what we're here to do, is to serve an almighty God. Man, you need to get your heads out of the... Um, proverbial sand or uh, <laughs> other areas <laughs> that it may be in and uh, and man we got to uh, wake up and, and, and shake off uh, the dust of the things of this world and be strengthened by God and let's, let's pick up the, the sword and let's be ready to fight and to push forward and I think if Christians could wake up and um, and really get out there you know I remember in the uh, when I was a kid the the uh, how Christians and I'm not saying they're not doing that now, but it don't seem like you hear about it as much. But I remember mom and dad going to Washington, D.C., and they would be doing marches on Washington against abortion and, and against uh, whatever, you know, with homosexuality, whatever it is. Uh, you know, they were out there. They were fighting. They were trying. And it just don't seem like you're seeing as many Christians with that kind of enthusiasm uh, to, to try to make changes as they once did. And that's a sad thing. Just like I was talking about the other day in my devotions, um, just like when I was I was a kid, I remember in the 70s uh, when Dad was uh, called to the ministry and the different places he'd go to speak at and the excitement, the pure enjoyment uh, these teens had, young adults had. Uh, and I can see it in the I remember distinctly, uh, you know, I remember these different camps and different places that Dad would go to to speak. And it just... Yeah, you know, I, I, sometimes I just feel like I was just there. You know, it's just kind of weird. But I remember the joy and the eagerness they had to learn and to understand the things of God. You know, it's so sad. I, I don't see that as much, that eagerness and that joy to learn about the things of God. You know, I, I feel like sometimes when I look at faces uh, that people are just like, my time's lunch. Is this over yet? Is this praise? I mean, you know, it's just like, I don't know. It's just I don't feel that, that 
excitement. You know, I think that's why churches are, are struggling right now. Man, guys, come on. You've got to get out there. You've got to, uh, to be eager and see what the Lord can and help you understand and learn. We need to be eager to be in church, to sit in those pews, to hear what God's Word has to say, to listen to that praise, you know? And, uh, and I don't know, it just uh, it just stays in my mind a lot lately for whatever reason. It really does. Uh, let's see here. At verse 5, And you have forgotten the exhortation that addresses you as sons. So uh, we see here that... Um, uh, not only that we see that, that God is looking at us as um, uh, as children, okay? And uh, it says, My son, do not regard, regard lightly the discipline of the Lord, nor be weary when reproved by him. The Lord, now remember that, for the Lord disciplines the one he loves, all right? So the Lord disciplines the one he loves and chastises every son whom he receives. Now, we look at this verse here. We look at discipline. Okay, now the um, uh, title for those on social media of tonight's teaching was "You Must Maintain Strict Discipline," and uh, the reason why I put that on there is, is kind of a wink to Back to the Future, which is one of my all-time favorite movies. And uh, was the, the principal there, he was always Mr. Strickland. He was all about discipline. In fact, when they went back in time uh, to uh, uh, the Western days, he's sitting on a saddle. He's on his son. He said, discipline, son. You must maintain strict discipline. Well, you know, uh, I think that's what we're seeing a lack of, <laughs> evidently, uh, in this world. All you're seeing is a bunch of spoiled and titled little brats burning down uh, cities and businesses that people worked hard for because parents have never went up to them and told them no. You know, I, I think it is clear uh, because uh, too many parents, uh, you're seeing the, the, the result um, of these parents who didn't believe in spanking and they said, now little Johnny or little Susie, you don't do that. That's bad. And that's the extent of it. Uh-oh, you better go stand in the corner. Yeah, that really made a big difference in, in maintaining some discipline. You know, uh, I always enjoyed having a, a roof over my head as a kid growing up, clothes to wear, food to eat, but uh, that come with a price that I had to listen to my parents and do as I was told. I didn't always do so. <laughs> in fact, I was... Uh, some would consider a brat at times. <laughs> I would love to uh, hide from my mother in retail stores. Uh, I thought it was funny to hide inside the clothes racks. And as uh, my mom and grandmother were looking for me, as they'd say, man, I'd be hiding behind the clothes. Going, <laughs> they'd, they'd, they'd hear me laughing. And, of course, uh, mom would hug me and then bust my rear end. And, uh, uh, you know, there's many times that I would try to escape from her. But uh, I... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I didn't get as many spankings as I should have. Now, Dad, he gave me uh, a few spankings here and there and uh, uh, deserved a whole lot more, that's for sure. But, um, you know, we had to be disciplined, you know, just like I was talking about running. You know, it took discipline, uh, you know, to force yourself to get up and do these things when you're in school. Sometimes, you know, it takes that, that certain amount of discipline to sit in class, to listen. Uh, you know, it is uh, to be respectful to teachers. And some teachers were harder than others. And uh, there's times when I've been paddled a few times, even at school, back when paddling was allowed. You know, when I went to 
Tri-City Christian School. They had this, this wooded area back there behind the school. They said, do not go into the woods. Well, as soon as the bell rang, guess what I did? <laughs> and some buddies went straight into the woods. And uh, uh, we thought we got away with it until we got back in, down to the school. And uh, they said, you, you, and you come out here into the hall. And uh, what did we tell you? And that was a painful lesson to learn because not only did I get that paddling at school, I got another spanking when I got home <laughs> because I was being disrespectful and disobedient to my those in authority over me. Well, guess what? Look at what we're seeing now in our country and in our society is uh, those who lack not only who have been disciplined, but uh, uh, those uh, that have total lack of respect for those in authority over their children. You see that in school. These kids know they ain't a thing in the world these teachers can do. They know because now they can't be paddled anymore. Uh, they know that uh, they can't be touched. They can't be paddled. Ain't a thing they can do about it. In fact, they can fail every test and score out there, and they'll still promote them, move them right on ahead because, hey, no child left behind. And so you're having, you know, it's just unbelievable. So no wonder we're seeing the chaos and, and the, uh, the total ignorance of history and understanding uh, that, um, uh, that we're seeing in our country right now. And so it should be no surprise. You know, there's no, no God put that fleshy part of your rear end on there for a reason. Now, I, I am advocating abuse by no stretch of the imagination. You know, uh, discipline, and particularly what we're seeing here in God's Word, is talking about um, correction. In fact, um, uh, in um, Barclay's commentary, he's talking about the difference between those who laugh and those who can make you cry, which is more beneficial. And those who can make you weep can be more beneficial than those who make you uh, cry. And, um, you know, so there's nothing wrong with a, a whack or two on the behind uh, to get your attention, to show that you that your parents care enough to say no, and uh, it, it teaches you a lesson not to do that again and to keep you on the right course. And didn't hurt me none, didn't hurt many of you any at all either, and nothing wrong with that. Now, I know there's times when my mama had made me cut a switch, and that wasn't no fun. And uh, for a long time, she used a um, fly swatter to whip me, but had a wooden handle. And what I loved to do is throw up my foot every time she went to spank me because it would snap that wooden handle in two. Until some jerk decided to invent an all-plastic fly swatter. So when I threw up my hand, it just bent and didn't break, and she continued to spank me. That upset me very much so. <laughs> but uh, we can we look at um, uh, discipline here. Uh, there's several passages, particularly in Proverbs, that we can look at. Uh, we can look at Proverbs 13:24. Let's go ahead and look at a few of these. We may. Uh, Proverbs 13:24. Let me get on over here. Let's see here. Proverbs 13. Uh, well, no, I'm in Psalm. I'm starting to say there ain't a 24 and 13. <laughs> uh, that would explain why. I got into Proverbs and not Psalms, I might be doing well. See, there's none righteous, no, not one. See, uh, I know so many of you thought I was perfect. I'm sorry to have let you down, but uh, oh well. 13.24 says, Whoever spares the rod hates his son, but he who loves him is diligent to discipline him. And we can also see here in Proverbs 22.15. Let's get over here. 22.15. Hold on here. 
Proverbs 22. Well, come on, pages. Turn for me here. Let's see here. Um, Folly is bound up in the heart of a child, but the rod of discipline drives it far from him. All right, so we look to Proverbs 13, 24, Proverbs 22, 15. That's what I just said. My father said we didn't bust your butt as much as we needed to. I literally just said that. I didn't get as many spankings as I deserve. If um, uh, whoever's at the nursing home, uh, if you could clean out his ears and help him to hear better, I'd appreciate it. Let's look at Proverbs 23, 13 through 14. Proverbs 23, 13 through 14. Let's see here. Uh, Do not withhold discipline from a child. If you strike him with a rod, he will not die. If you strike him with the rod, you will save his soul from Sheol. So, you know, uh, and then the, finally, if you uh, just when you uh, we look at Proverbs uh, 29, 15, might as well, uh, since we've done looked at those others, let's look at Proverbs 29.15. That'd be the last one we'll look at here, Proverbs. 29.15 says, The rod and reproof give wisdom, but a child left to himself brings shame to his mother. So so we see here, Proverbs, the encouragement for discipline. And it, it's not going to hurt them one bit. And if, if there hadn't been a lack of absentee fathers, uh, the lack of God in the home, uh, that uh, we may have seen a very different result of what's going on in our nation right now than what we are seeing. It's so sad to see that so many fathers have not been there to demonstrate uh, masculine qualities to their sons, uh, to demonstrate what a man is supposed to be, uh, to show that discipline when discipline is needed, uh, to show uh, demonstrate a Christian godly man in the home, to have the family in church, and to show the importance of reverence and respect to God and to those in authority over them. It's such a sad thing, a state of affairs that we're seeing, and we're seeing the result of that uh, right now in our country. Now, um, remember, Lord disciplines the ones that he loves, all right? It's only because that he loves you uh, that he is doing these things uh, to only help you, to correct you in the right path. Uh, you know, it's been said that uh, when, you're, when you're really in trouble is, is when um, uh, God no longer is trying to correct you or discipline you, that you're no longer teachable. That's when you're in big trouble. Uh, and that's so sad that those who've been turned over to that reprobate mind that are no longer uh, uh, teachable, that God's no longer uh, trying to touch uh, their hearts and minds. You can hear my little dog Otis barking in the background. He's saying amen, by the way. That's what Otis is doing. He said, amen, daddy. <laughs> so, but uh, if you get a chance, though, you can always go look at, um, uh, in a, uh, uh, I was reading uh, Proverbs here. If you get a chance, look at Deuteronomy 8, 1 through 5, particularly uh, verse 5 uh, will also uh, go along with what we're talking about in regards to uh, to discipline uh, here this evening. And um, so let's see here. I was trying to think here where we're going to go here. Um, okay, so the Lord disciplines uh, the one he loves and chastises every son. So in other words, um, excuse me, uh, they he is... Um, uh, He's treating us as his children. He's trying to correct us. He's not trying to hurt us. See, that's what any, any loving father does. He's not trying to hurt his children. He's trying to correct them. He's trying to put them on the right path uh, so that uh, they will do the right things. Verse 7 says, It is for discipline that you have to endure. God is treating you as sons. Uh, for what son is there whom his father does not discipline? 
If you are left without discipline in which you have all have participated, then you are illegitimate children and not sons. See, God's going to discipline us. He's going to correct us. He's going to put us on the right path. Now, there's some people out there who are super stubborn. Uh, it's like my, my son. I probably spanked him maybe, I don't know, three times in his life, four times. I, you know, I can I count easily. Uh, and he, my, there's a fact when I was um, in my undergraduate studies, I had to read a book by uh, James Dobson, uh, The Strong-Willed Child. And he's a strong-willed kid. And uh, he's one of those I could spank. And he would, he would, he would die before he shed a tear. And he just look at you like, "Is that all you got?" <laughs> you know, and it's like, you know, what are you going to do? You know, it's like, what is, <laughs> you know, I'm trying to get through to you here. Now, my daughter, on the other hand, I love her dearly. She's very sensitive, and I can say, "Hey, when you get a chance, can you clean your room?" Ooh, so, I'm like, what did I do? You know, so that's why I go through Brandy and make her do all the dirty work. That way, I don't have to deal with it. So, but um, hey, that's what uh, that's what moms are for. I heard Otis say, "Amen again." But um, you know, there's different ways that we can deal uh, with discipline. You know, uh, you can look at the Stoics, and they were like, you know, uh, well, there's nothing we can do. Uh, so it almost as, as, as if they're just defeated. Well, there's nothing we can do. Might as well just, you know, uh, we just have to just give in and do whatever we're corrected and told to do. You know, almost a defeated-like attitude. Uh, there are those, uh, particularly dealing with suffering. You know, when we're dealing with things, we need to be, you know, some people out there who are just um, self-defeatist and uh, always wanting to have the pity party. They think they're the only ones in the world going through that, you know, and uh, I can't say much. I've been there. I've done that. Uh, in fact, I even had dad tell me in my life, you think you're the only one going through this? You know, there's a lot of people out there who are like that. You know, poor pitiful me. Nobody else is going through this at all. You know, why do I have to suffer? Why do I have to go through this? Why do I have to learn, you know, and, and, and it's just poor, poor pitiful me. But you look at Job, look at all he went through, and look what he learned, what, what, what God had showed him, and the understanding that he brought to Job through all that his suffering and trials that he went through. We don't always understand the different trials and the sufferings we're going through. You know, I, I've, uh, as, as someone who stays sick a lot, you know, uh, I, uh, it's tough. You know, I, like I was talking to you Sunday, I, I really enjoy uh, working out and running, and I, I don't get to do those things anymore. And every time I do, I get sick. So I just, you know, I, I try to get out and walk every now and then. And that's, and that's it because I don't want to push it, you know. And uh, so it's been tough uh, to understand. And um, particularly, uh, you know, when I was going through this, uh, where I had to have the surgery on my shoulder blade and all the pain I was going through. And I was just trying to figure out, you know, God, what are you trying to show me? What are you trying to help me to understand? Because there's some people out there who are just resentful when it comes to the suffering and the things that they're going through. They become resentful towards God. Well, I understand why I have to go through this. This isn't fair. And so all they're doing is getting mad and upset and trying to take a step back and say, Lord, what, what are you trying to show me here? What was it that maybe I need to, to learn? What is this something that I need to understand? And, uh, and I think as Christians... Uh, you know, we need to not always look at suffering as an attack, but maybe, you know, we need to maybe look through that and say, God, show me something here. You know, even when we read God's Word, pray. God, you know, reveal to me something that I'm not seeing. You know, maybe in suffering or maybe through discipline, you know, what better Christians we could be if we could just take a step back and say, Lord, reveal to me. Reveal to me something I'm not seeing here, something I'm not understanding. Uh, you know, we're going to face different uh, levels of 
pain and grief and tragedy in this life. And uh, they're not always going to be related. They're always, always going to be the same. And, um, and that's one thing I pray, you know, I, I, um, you know, I, you know, I told y'all before I worry sick about my dad and my mom and, uh, you know, I don't, I don't want anything to happen to my wife or my kids. And, and, um, only thing I can do because it, it makes me sick to my stomach. I mean, I literally get sick to my stomach and, uh, worrying about them. And I just have to just get to a point, Lord, they're yours. That's oh, that's all I can, I have to, I just have to say, Lord, that's where that faith comes in. You know, that's what, that's what the main focus of this whole chapter we're looking at here is faith. And just, I just have to have faith. God, they are yours. And I just give them to you. And, um, still, it's not to say that worry is automatically eliminated. It's still there. But, uh, I try hard not to worry and just give it to God and just let it go. And whatever happens, I just have to trust in God. And know that he'll give me the strength I need when I need it and to endure and have the peace that I need when I need it that can only come from God. So when you're dealing with discipline, when you're dealing with correction, when you're dealing with suffering, when you're dealing with these things, give it over to God and just ask him, Lord, show me something here. You know, help me to strengthen me, to encourage me here. Um, let's see here. Uh, verse 9, besides this, we have had earthly fathers who disciplined us and we respected them. Shall we not much more subject the father of spirits and live? So here we have earthly fathers here, my own earthly father. He cared enough to discipline me, to tell me no, uh, to do these things, to instruct me in the right way. You know, that's one thing I praise God about my dad. He always, from as long as I can remember, he always tried to uh, have conversations with me and tried to instruct me and tried to show me uh, the things that are in the right path and scenarios that he was involved in uh, to show me a better way. And, um, and I praise God, you know, there's a lot of times when dad could have uh, wore me out. I mean, he could have busted my rear end. But um, I praise God that he always, he showed, there's a lot of times that uh, he showed grace and he showed mercy and he showed me Jesus. There's a lot of times he kind of got very angry with me. And I remember there's times that I really deserved that. Uh, so I've done some really rotten things. And um, he would say, uh, come on, let's go for a ride. And I think, oh, no, trapped in the car. I'm in trouble. <laughs> so, but um, instead of uh, hollering and screaming at me, uh, he showed me that grace. You know, and that's what God does. You know, there's a lot of times we need to be have our fannies busted. But what does he do? He shows us grace and he shows us mercy. So if my earthly father could show me that kind of love, how much more? Can Jesus show us that love and that mercy? So praise God for that. For they disciplined us for a short time. It seemed best for them. That's verse 10. Best to them. But he disciplines us for our good that we may share his holiness. Okay? And um, so for our good. So best, uh, it seemed best to them. So see, our fathers did what was best to them. You know, uh, our fathers are, uh, we're all uh, fallible. You know, we all make mistakes. You know, we, we may have fathers out there who smash you upside the head and said, just you know, want you just get away from them. You know, uh, not everything that uh, us earthly daddies do are always the right way, it's always the correct way. So, that's uh, so why we see that here that it was that these, these for a short time did what's best for them. That's, that's why we come back over here and we said, but he disciplines us for our good that we may share his holiness. We can share in that in his goodness. Uh, we know what he is doing for us is the ultimate good, is for the, is for the absolute best of intentions for us. 
You know, that's what it kind of goes back to uh, uh, our study this morning in our devotion, talking about how God is immutable and that he does not change. Uh, that um, uh, that when you, uh, uh, for something to change, to it has to be in chronological order, something that happened before that time or after that time, that God is outside of time. And that um, uh, we have to understand uh, that um, for us to change, we have to learn something new. But see, God is all-knowing. As his omniscience come in, he is all-knowing. And so, therefore, there is nothing new for him to learn, so there's, that's, he, is, he will not change. And so, that's why that we can understand that God is trying to bring us into that holiness all right, and that even though our, our uh, us earthly dads can make those mistakes, we know that God is trying to bring us into the right direction. He's trying to correct our course to get us in the right direction where he wants us to go. And so we need to heed to that discipline, not in a resentful way, not in a uh, uh, self-pity way, uh, not in a unfair uh, kind of action attitude, but to, uh, with all humility, understand what God is trying to do in our lives so that we can be corrected and put on the right path. Again, God hates sin. And so instead of justifying that sin, understand God abhors and hates that sin, and he's trying to discipline us to correct us and get us on that right path. And that's why we need to hate sin as much as God does. Not making excuses for it, not making allowances for it, but understand God's correction and saying, you know what, this is wrong, this is bad. Just like when my kids do something wrong or do something bad, they're going to, you know, they, they have to have discipline. So that they know, hey, I don't mean to do that. Dad is wrong. Daddy going to uh, bust me tail if I do that again. And so that's why we understand as Christians, hey, I better not do that. That is not glorifying unto God. I need to change course, do what is right, and understand God's correction. And so we see here in verse 11, for the moment all discipline seems painful rather than pleasant, but later it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. All right. So uh, John Piper said uh, in, in relation to uh, this last uh, verse here, he says that um, uh, righteousness, all human suffering, uh, is meant to increase the fruit of righteousness and holiness in our lives. So, you know, we see these things that even though they may seem uh, painful or uh, uh, I'm sorry here, hold on. Let me get back on course here. For the moment of all discipline seems painful rather than pleasant. All right, So the things we go through and endure at this present time may be painful, may not be fun. But all right, later it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. So that holiness and righteousness, that's what we're, we're aiming for. That's what we're striving for. And again, these, these, these present troubles are only temporary. And so that one day we'll get spent all of eternity in heaven. We'll have to deal with no more suffering, no more pain, no more loss. And uh, we'll be brought into perfection. But until that time, because we're imperfect, we will have to deal with that discipline. We'll have to deal with the, the painful consequences of living in a fallen world. But praise God, he's trying to get us in that direction of righteousness and holiness. And my friends, that's what we need to, to strive for each and every day. Continual growth, continual motion. You know, the object of motion stays in motion, an object at rest stays at rest. We have to be continually in perpetual growth and motion. 
And if you're stagnant, and if you're at rest and staying at rest, and brother, sister, and Christ, you better check that spiritual pulse. You better get yourself and motivated and uh, take action. It is needed now more than ever as Christians to strive to have that mind of Christ, to strive to do what is right and go against the grain of the world and society. The world and society will change. God is immutable. He will not change. And so we need to strive for what is right in God's eye, not what is right in society and culture's eyes, because they're going to go way off course. They have gone way off course. That's why we have to stay on the straight and narrow. And if we start to veer, that's when God's correction comes in to get us back on that right path and to do what is holy in His eyes. Let us have a word of prayer. Therefore, Lord, we thank You, we love You, and we praise You. Uh, Lord, thank You for Your good word this evening. Thank You for Your grace and Your mercy. Lord, help us each and every day to serve you well. Lord, help us to understand your discipline and your correction. Lord, let us be grateful for it. And help us, Lord Jesus, to uh, understand what you're trying to do. And help us to stay on that right path and to serve you well and to do what is right in your eyes. Help us, Lord, to be strong, to be good stewards and continue the fight and continue the race and not to give up and uh, uh, become faint. And Lord, uh, for someone watching this evening that doesn't know you, let him pray this prayer. Dear God, forgive me of all my sins. Jesus, I know you died on the cross for me. I know you rose from the grave for me. Come into my heart and save me. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Lord, we thank you, we love you, we praise you. And Lord, uh, be with us till we meet again. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Appreciate all you guys and gals for watching this evening. And Lord willing, we'll meet this Sunday morning from 11 a.m. to 12 p.m. Fountain of Life Bible Church, 118 Julie Lane. And uh, so be sure to come on out. We'll uh, be there physically if you want to come and join us. Uh, we'll also be streaming online as well. And remember, no evening service uh, due to the Labor Day holiday. And thanks for watching, and God bless.